Hey, this is Ollie, and welcome to the Private Members Podcast for the Body Reset. This podcast has been built to help build the skill set of health so you're equipped with the skills to navigate life in a body that never holds you back. I'm going to walk you through some of the core concepts, beliefs, and strategies we use in the Body Reset coaching system to help transform your body, upgrade your energy, and dive deeper into understanding long-term health and performance. Let's find that first domino. Tonight, we're going to dive into episode two of our Good Gut series and uh, really getting an awareness of how to build this body back up. Through last week, we dove into understanding eating well is great, but what are all the other components that come into nutrition? So if you haven't looked uh, looked or listened to that one yet, uh, understanding that awareness of all the other components that come into good digestion, right? And being able to set up your morning, set up your lifestyle in a way that allows us to not only fit us back in as some, you know, one of the priorities in your, your day, not the only one. I'm not going to be... And I even think that you don't have other things going on. And that's why it's so more, so much more important, right? Is you've got so much going on. So we need to be so much more intentional with getting you back in your day uh, and understanding what that might look like and how much that impacts, even if you're eating well before, all of the other components that come into actually building that body back up. And more importantly, not just what you're eating, but what you're absorbing and actually utilizing on a day-to-day basis. Uh, that was allowing you to bring hopefully a bit of awareness to some of those components that we'll dive into. And today, what I want to do is dive into understanding why diets have failed you and why we need to really shift your mentality around food and put those into two categories so we can really, really help you. So the first one is going to be identifying, are you an overeater or are you an undereater? And then from that, what do we do from there? Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to start with undereater. And the reason we're going to start with that is usually you guys are like, ah, I'm eating fine. It's got nothing to do with the amount of food I'm eating. I'm just feeling old <laughs> or I'm going through hormonal changes or whatever it might be. But I would implore you to look back at what's happening with your food because especially if we're going through menopause or we're seeing that body just not recover like it used to and you're not someone that tends to overeat, undereating is a really, really big issue. And it's something that uh, when we look at this mentality of we need to manage our weight, we keep pushing our food down and down and down and something that we've really really looked at with i'd say 40 50 percent of our clients you know half of our clients are not overeating if anything they are undereating. Uh, some of our coaches might even say more they're telling 60 80 percent of our clients to eat more food rather than eat less and you might be might be able to might be saying well ollie it feels like if we want to drop body fat we need to eat less right it's this whole idea of uh, you know eating less, having that deficit? Well, no, because if we understand that thermodynamics play a role, yes. But if we're looking at just dropping food down, that's one very small component of that equation, right? There's building that back up. And we can do that potentially through exercise. But when we're looking at navigating these new hormones, navigating how our body works, we tend to see a lot of people over-exercising and also suppressing that. So if we're not exercising at all, yes, exercise and adding that in will be a component that'd be really, really helpful. But if we can get your body back on your side and really build things back up, like getting your hormones back on your side, rebuilding your gut health, and getting you feeling good again, that makes a complete difference to building this part of the equation back up, right? Really building that body back up. So even at the same amount of food that you're eating on a day-to-day basis, you're burning that off. You actually uh, have this furnace working again, right? This metabolism is starting to work as it should. So a lot of the time when we're under eating, it's a lot of these nutrient deficiencies that are coming through. And because we're suppressing down how our body should naturally work, that we're not able to drop body fat, which is really, really hard to wrap your head around when it's been a long time of this diet mentality or eating less to drop body fat. The big shift we want to make, especially if you're not seeing your body respond like it used to, is taking that time to build that body back, get that energy back, build that health base back so that it actually functions, so that we can actually change. Because if we do have things like these nutrient deficiencies coming through, 
if we're training too hard and affecting our hormone function, or we're just simply forgetting to eat and waiting till lunchtime to get that first meal in because fasting, <laughs> it's going to make a really, really big difference to how that body works on a day-to-day basis. And we start eating like a thousand calories or 1500 calories and, and just basically no food in a day. And it's suppressing how our body naturally works, right? We feel low in energy, forget where we put our keys, where our immune system, we're not as strong. We can't fight off those bugs and, and things in day-to-day society. So we need to take the time to look at these components of health and building it back up. So a simple place to look at is taking that time first to add you back in your day. And the reason I say that is because a lot of time if we're under eating, one, we need to start with that mentality of it's actually going to be advantageous to eat more and build up the body if we're using the right nutrients to get things working like you used to. But the other part we come into here is usually it comes back to a lack of schedule, lack of putting us back in our day or some level of stress. Because if you're stressed all morning, morning you're running around like a headless chicken, then it's going to blunt that hunger response. You're not going to feel hungry. And if you do that for long enough, you get really, really used to just not eating, right? And you've got no appetite to lunchtime. So it feels normal. It's not normal, but it feels normal because you've done it for so long. So looking at things like fasting, we dive down that route. There's a lot of people promoting that right now. I'm certainly not saying fasting is bad. I'm saying everybody fasts, right? We fast for at least eight or 10 hours, all of us, and we all get the benefits of that. If we're taking that time to give the body a bit of a break, there's definitely going to be a really good cleansing process. But if we start taking that from 10 hours up to 12, 14, 16, 18 hours, that's an extra stress on the body. And if we're already stressed out, that's not going to be particularly helpful. If we're trying to exercise, we're trying to improve our recovery at some level, if that's a focus, definitely not going to be helpful because it's going to decrease our recovery quite a bit. There's definitely going to be situations where that can be a good component. But a lot of time people are using this fasting component to simply cover the fact that we're not fitting us back in a day and that we're stressed out till lunchtime because we're not putting us back in our day. So starting that, take, taking that time to actually eat in the morning and feel hungry again is something that needs to be there. And a lot of time when you're blunting that response for so long, Personally, for us, we seem to see a lot of suppression of hormones like testosterone if this is being done for a long time in conjunction with a lot of stress coming through. One other thing we want to take into account from a female standpoint is where are you in regards to your cycle, your menstrual cycle, right? If you're still going through that, obviously menopause is another situation entirely where, again, we need to look at stress on a whole nother level. But if there's still a menstrual cycle looking at there, we're going to see a difference in curbs and cravings coming through through that cycle as well. So managing that and how we eat is going to change over the course of the month, not just over the years, right? So we need to manage what that looks like as well. Um, so hopefully that gives you an awareness. If you're under eater, start to look at the idea of getting rid of that diet mentality and starting to look at building the body back up, getting you fueling that body for change rather than suppressing the body for change will make a huge difference to how you feel. The second one that we want to look into is this understanding of being an overeater, right? Now, this is the one that we classically think is causing us to gain body fat and it will be, but where does it come from? And it's not simply a willpower issue, right? And if you re- rely purely on willpower, I guarantee you'll fail every single time right? Because eventually that willpower runs out, right? If you don't start to redesign your lifestyle and start to look at the foods you're eating to make sure that we make this easier to stay on track and more more importantly, actually enjoy it, we're going to make a really big difference to this overeating mentality. So we want to first look into potentially your behavioral aspect of why we eat, right? Is it uh, stress? Is it boredom? Is it Uh, social occasions, right? Or is it things like energy? Is it things like fuel? Is it things like nourishment? Those are very, very different relationships with food. If we start to get an idea of where that driver comes through, ah, yes, 
sorry, I just, you know, I forget to hydrate, so I just eat. We start to see that we're bored or we just, you don't want to work anymore, so we go get more food, whatever it might be, right? There's components of that where we just start eating or we get to the Friday night, night or Saturday night and we just want to let our hair down, you know, my big long locks here, um, taking the time to having that decompression and we use food or alcohol as that outlet. We can find a way to readjust that to something more productive. So looking at the reason for that overeating or overconsumption at some level needs to be that first point of call because it always comes back to those habits, right? But the second part we want to look at is getting an idea of hunger and where that symptoms come through and potentially maybe the worry around it. Oh, I'm hungry. I need to eat. Well, do you? Because it's only been three, two hours since you inhaled uh, the whatever that was for the last meal. So taking the time to look at, is it hunger or is it starvation? If you're starving, then definitely we need to eat. We probably didn't eat enough before. It's probably been six hours since we last eat eaten, we ate. But if we can take that time to actually sit with hunger, sometimes that can be a really good thing. And a lot of our clients, especially in that under-eating category or feeling like they're, they're struggling to drop, drop body fat, if they a lot of time they don't feel hunger. And that might be you. You might find that you're, you really just never feel hungry. It's more boredom, more stress. But if hunger does come through, sometimes people will freak out, right? And when we go through these changes of building the body back up and making getting people's energy back and make them feel good again, a lot of time people worry about this new hunger feeling they're feeling, right? And it's a good thing. It means our metabolism is actually working again. It means it's burning through that food or eating rather than just stacking food on top of food and it never really being properly digested. So starting to look at hunger as a bit of a different aspect and maybe just sitting with it for a little bit longer can be really helpful if it's not mealtime and we're just uh, maybe seeking some of these other components such as a stress, boredom or filling time, right? That can be a really, really good one to look at. But more importantly than that, the big thing that I want to make sure we get across with the overeating aspect is it's not always just the behavioral aspect. If we look deeper and if we feel that we have a good relationship with food from that level, we need to start looking at potentially things like nutrient deficiencies coming through. And this is a really, really fascinating topic when we start to understand that our body naturally seeks out certain flavors when we're deficient in certain nutrients that are associated with those flavors. Now, the problem over time, and this is something that's called uh, nutrient deficiency. So we're getting the idea of taking into account what foods that we're maybe low in and, and we need to take time to build it back into the body. So the idea of understanding that if we're lacking fiber, or copper or uh, magnesium, right? There could be certain cravings come through like chocolate or bread or something there, right? If sodium's really low, we're going to have that, that saltiness that we're trying to, that we're craving, right? If it's sweetness, so it could be certain antioxidants that we're uh, low in. Post-ingestive feedback, that's the word I want to look for. So when nutrient deficiencies are coming through and we're craving certain flavors, post-ingestive feedback is a, a natural mechanism in our brain that through evolution has actually served us quite well when we had natural foods. Now we've got food companies that are able to harness that in a way that's not so helpful because now we crave the chocolate rather than uh, the broccoli or we start craving the sweets rather than the berries, right? So chocolate and broccoli are a terrible example, but you're finding something that's a, a closer fit. So rather than the, the sea salt and the Himalayan salt on more of our foods, we start craving the Pringles, for example, right? Taking that time to find something that there's been a, an association with a less helpful food and a lot more processed that's allowing us to have a lot more calories and a lot more yeah, overall food coming through, but not nearly enough nutrients, right? So this fascinating space where we've got into where we're overeating, yet we're undernourished, which is bizarre, right? We're eating so much food, yet we're still not getting the nutrients from the food we need. So when we start to shift to this whole foods base, is a really, really nice place to start. It 
allows us to look into some of these uh, at filling these natural deficiencies a bit more just through food rather than trying to add in a bunch of supplements on top. And there may be a place for that, but taking that time to shift that eating away from those uh, overly processed food has to be that starting place. If you feel like those triggers are really, really strong, you're really seeing that pull towards certain cravings, that must be a start. Two other things I want to touch on really briefly. If it's sugar and we're constantly looking for that sugar craving, that craving is very real and it's something that's very, very powerful. The amount of studies that show how close that that craving, that pull, that addiction is to things like uh, high-level drugs, uh, it's that dopamine response, right? It's that reward hormone that comes through and it's a very real thing. But if we notice that that's coming through and we're really starting to see a lot of these sugar cravings come through, things like candida overgrowth and the imbalance in the gut that we dive into a lot uh, is something that really becomes more and more prominent if we continue to fall in with that craving. We start to keep overeating sugar, it's really going to start to disrupt that gut and that microbial diversity that's going on, that good, bad bacteria is starting to become a real issue. Okay, So taking the time to look at that sugar content and again, coming back to that whole foods base, you're getting the nutrients, you're not having the strong cravings has to be a really, really big focus. The last one I want to touch on is something called metabolic flexibility. Or for most, if there's an overeater aspect of really just crashing and dipping with energy through the day is more the inflexibility. So what we're going to do is take that time to look at, for most people, and I would say about 90% of us uh, are carbivores, right? We're so used to and so reliant on carbohydrates as a large majority of our diet, diet in the Western world is we need to make that shift to rely on fats again. Fats are such an important part of the diet for so many functions in the body, from brain function to hormone function to nice joint function. It's taking that time to realize fats are a really, really crucial part of our diet. And there's still a lot of people that are really worried about those dietary fats coming part, coming back into our diet. But if we can take the time to harness that and allow our body to actually get back to even a point of using fat as fuel, and I'm not talking full keto and, and only ever using fat as fuel, there's definitely an ability to be flexible, right? And ironically, you can go too far the other way and be metabolically inflexible to carbohydrates if you do it long enough. So it's really trying to make sure that we can use both as fuel. And there's definitely a position to use both as fuel. But if we're so metabolically inflexible that we can't can't use fats as fuel anymore. We're solely reliant on carbs, which unfortunately a lot of our population are now. That's where these dips and dives become, can become really disruptive to our energy, to that mental sharpness, to really showing up as our best on a day-to-day basis. So taking that time to look at adding more fats in the diet and looking at, uh, we look at a lot of nutrition timing uh, components to make sure that we can program our body to to use fat as fuel and looking at improving that flexibility between uh, energy sources is another huge component if you're an overeater, all right? So hopefully those are some kind of components that allow us uh, to dive a little bit deeper into over the remainder of, of this program is understanding where for you we can improve our health. And it's this isn't a nutrition protocol. This isn't a training protocol. This is a full health optimization summit and understanding all of the components that come into that and how do we get you back on your, your side by building out your personal blueprint. Now, that only happens when we start to understand and we start to implement the steps. We start to use the level of self-experimentation on how do we build your body back and get it back on your side. It's a skill set. It's an understanding, and it's a tool uh, kit that you're going to use for the rest of your life, providing you take the time to really harness what we're going through and identifying what are those initial tweaks you need to make. So from today, firstly, we want to look at understanding that do you feel that you're more lean towards an overeater or undereater category there? And then from the steps we go through there, for the undereater, we want to look at an idea of stress 
and schedule, how do we fit us back in a day, and then taking the time to build the body back up, fuel the body to change rather than starve the body to change will make a huge difference. And then through the overeater, we're looking into things like our sugar aspect and that undernourishment, so building back up our nutrients in our body rather than having these massive deficiencies pulling us back towards food. And also this idea of becoming more metabolically flexible and being able to bring and introduce fats back into our diet so we can build back up how our body fuels and having that balance or switch between the two so we're not having as bigger dips and dives through the day. If you can do that, if you can take the time to work through and implement uh, some of those initial changes into your program uh, through this, I think that's going to be a really, really cool place to start. Uh, and we've wrapped up episode two of the Good Gut series. I hope you have an incredible week and we will talk again very soon. See you guys. Bye.